here we are again. Another show. The Grandin Group presents The Lockbox, brought to you by the Grandin Group, Arizona's number one brother and sister real estate team, right here in beautiful Arizona. I also have uh, today's show is going to be fantastic. Um, first of all, we have our incredible sponsor uh, from the Brandon Hendricks team and VIP Mortgage. We have Angela. Hello. How's it going? It's good. How are you? Good. Good, good. to have you here and stuff. Thank you for having us. So Angela uh, and her uh, team, Brandon Hendricks, the VIP mortgage team, they are um, huge in helping us um, be number one. I mean, that's all there is I to like it. I like that. We appreciate that. Yeah, well, thank so, you. So um, anything new that we need to tell people? Um, I would say if you're thinking about moving, you're looking for a home, you need to get pre-approved. Um, so definitely... Give us a call. Uh, we are there to not only help you um, kind of make those decisions of, you know, where do I want to live? How much can I afford? Um, but we're there to really support you and make sure that um, we're educating uh, our clients to, to ensure that they're making the right choice. Hey, um, one thing that you guys have been doing that's been great. So we have instantrenters.com as well. Mm -hmm. And those are for people that maybe aren't ready to buy. Right. One thing that uh, your team has been doing that has been huge huge uh, is people that maybe aren't ready to buy it or aren't able to, you've been putting them on a roadmap and staying on top of them. Where I can't stay on top of them, you're on top of them every week. We are. So we work with all types of clients, whether you're ready to buy a house tomorrow or whether, you know, maybe you need to, to fix some credit issues or hold off for a down payment. Um, maybe you're not, a, you know, not ready tomorrow, but ready a year from now. Um, we have an amazing um, system in place where we stay in contact. We help you to reach that goal of homeownership and um, really stay with them. If they need credit of, um, credit repair, um, we can help them with that. So yeah, but, is, you, but you run the business more like a friendship. We do. So and that's the best part. It is. It's great, mm -hmm. isn't it? And so, and, and you're from out here too, right? I am. I'm a native and I've been in, in the real estate industry for like 20 years. So, no, that's great. Yeah. So I'm a native too. Grew up here on a big Arabian horse ranch and yeah. it's an absolute blast. I yeah, love we've, it. seen, we've seen a lot of changes. We have. I think that's what I love most about being here since birth. Um, I have seen, you know, where I went to high school, it used to be um, a farm and now there's, you know, a stadium out there. So it's just, it's, incre it's incredible the amount of growth that we've seen. Um, you know, I, I love downtown, how it's just being revived. Um, the Melrose District, there's, I mean, it's incredible. No, it is. It's amazing because growing up here in the 70s, 80s, <laughs> um, we, it was all dirt. I mean, yes. we're down here at our new studios here at Star Worldwide Networks, uh, who, by the way, for many of you that are local to Arizona, you might know who uh, Dave Pratt is from 98 KUPD, the morning mayor. I remember seeing him climb towers at the Warrant Show at Big Surf. Which, by the way, That's did you know Big Surf's not reopening this year? No, I had no idea. It's, it's crazy. So, oh, wow. the, anyway, so hopefully they will. But anyway, so Dave is uh, one of the guys that uh, owns the studio here, and it's really great to have our podcast, video podcast in here and stuff, and obviously having you guys as a sponsor. And so, and being Arizona's number one brother and sister team, we take a lot of pride in why people move to Arizona. And uh, one of the great things about that is that, unlike a lot of agents and stuff, I'm not, we're not too into promoting ourselves as far as, hey, call me, I'm the best agent. We really want you to love Arizona. And um, today, I'm, I'm so excited about our guest today. Me too. I mean, so Arizona has, um, if you look on all the sheets, overall, the schools are great, overall. 
Now, everyone has the issues, and we, don't, and we try to stay out of the politics on the show. But I have to introduce you to this lady here. She is fantastic. So she's from uh, Israel. She moved here to Phoenix. Okay. And her name is Shiri. Shiri, how do you say last? Safir? Sapir. Sapir. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. So, I, I got it. How was Israel? How it was? Israel is incredible. I highly recommend everybody to go and visit. It's the Holy Land, and it's a very special place. And um, but coming to Arizona, I have to say there is a lot of characteristics to Arizona that remind me a lot of Israel. And I think that's why it feels like home. Really? Like like yeah. what? Well, of course, the weather, uh, the desert, the flat landscaping. Um, I think that's probably most of it. But there's something about Arizona, too, that's very spiritual. And a lot of people sometimes uh, lose track of that, but I feel very strongly, especially when you go up nor- north to Sedona and other places. So there's something about Arizona, too, that is uh, quite spiritual. So, so when you were growing up, did you ever think that you'd be moving out of Israel? to Never. And I remember the first time I heard about Arizona, it was funny, the movie Jerry Maguire came out, and uh, you know it was in Tempe, Arizona, where they're... They were playing. I was like, wow, this, this there is a place that's called Tempe, Arizona. I did not know that because we know, you know, Los Angeles, New York, as, right? Uh, yeah, but it's, yeah, and it's kind of funny because Phoenix, wouldn't you say, Angela, is kind of like an LA. Definitely. I mean, our yeah. downtown's not, but right. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, the clubs are. No. Yeah. And, and everybody yeah. here, we have a lot of people that think they're movie stars. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So no, it's kind of a good time. So have you adapted really well to Arizona? I would like to think so, yes. I, I think you have. Yeah. So, uh, the, and, and the reason I say that, so, uh, so on our other side of stuff, on real estate, we stay pretty actively involved in everything. So I'm really happy to announce, that, maybe I should let you announce it, but the, um, one of the things that makes Arizona great is education. And in order for that to happen, you have to have certain people in different positions. And so Sherry, uh, you have an announcement, I think, that you're making that, because you love Arizona so much, I do. What, are you, what are you going to be doing in 2022? I do. I'm uh, running as a candidate for the superintendent of public instruction to head the uh, Department of Education. Um, being in real estate for almost 20 years here, too, I've, I've spoken with a lot of clients coming into Arizona from other states. And, and even here locally, people are looking for good schools um, first, and then they look for the houses. And I think that's uh, something that is very important for many people. And we need to uh, cater to that. So we need to make sure, especially with the mass move into Arizona, we're talking about maybe 150 people a day. We need to make sure we have good schools to uh, attract them and station people exactly where we need them, uh, sometimes even further out of, out of the city so we can expand and grow uh, everywhere in Arizona. No, that, that's fantastic. And what a lot of people don't realize, and Angela, you've got kids in public school, don't you? I do. Yeah, I have a daughter. So... State superintendent, so Arizona State Superintendent of Instruction. That is like the head honcho job for education. So right. you're the one who would dictate policy, basically. Uh, well, a lot of it is uh, left to the hands of the legislature, but we can definitely lobby and talk to them and communicate with them the will of the people. And I think that's the main reason why I would like to run, because I feel a lot of parents, especially in the past year, have felt that their voice wasn't heard well enough. And I think it's important that we are represented um, no, in, in the I, department. Absolutely. I think that's great. And then as an owner of homes, and you own homes, mm-hmm. values of your home and community are directly impacted by the decisions that the superintendents make. 
correct? And the school boards and everything else. So for those people that are moving here to Arizona, especially the ones that are going to be buying a house through the Grannon Group, Arizona's number one brother and sister real estate team. um, What... So we have the superintendent, and then each city has their own superintendent, correct? And uh, the schools. So, schools, yeah. So what exactly does your, if you get elected, which I believe that you will. Thank you. What, what, do, you, what do you plan on doing? Well, um, the superintendent's job is uh, vastly administrative, and a lot of people don't know that. But you do set the tone, and you set the, the terms of the conversations uh, that go around in the schools, in the school boards, in the legislature, so I feel that I can bring in a lot of common sense that sometimes is lacking uh, in different governmental departments and uh, definitely make sure that we're bringing a lot more choice to the people of Arizona, to the children of Arizona. Uh, the notion of no child is left behind is great, but I feel that we can do a lot better at, at actually making it happen. And that's getting kids out of a certain zip code. Um, Arizona is great in the fact that we do have school choice to an extent because you can go to open enrollment in a different district or a different uh, city and if there's opening you can be accepted. A lot of people don't have the transportation and other logistics or money to to actually make that happen for the children and I think us or maybe me in the Department of Education I would like to really make sure that we are mobilizing funds and resources to help these children because no child is mediocre, and we can really help them excel, and they're the future, so we really need to invest in them first. Do, do you see um, Arizona continue to grow? You know, a lot of people ask me that, because, especially because uh, the prices are going, I mean, they're out of control right now, and everybody's asking me, or you, you think, you know, it's going to crash at some point? And I went through, you know, 15 years ago when we had the big going up and then the crashing, but it's a very different market. Back then, a lot of investors just bought a bunch of properties, took five, 10 loans with 5% down, and they walked. They didn't care when things went wrong. The difference now is that a lot of people that are purchasing properties are actually coming here to live, and they're spending a lot of very good money, especially when you buy a $2 million check and San Francisco, you're coming here and you have a beautiful house in Cave Creek or in North Scottsdale with a pool and views. So the people that are bringing the money in right now, it's a different clientele that we're dealing with. And I don't think they're going to walk away from their money. So, of course, everything that goes up will go down. But it's going to be interesting because if we keep having 150 people moving in every day, it's, it's math. We cannot build fast enough. We cannot create fast enough uh, inventory. So um, things are probably going to stay pretty solid no, for a while. No, yeah, I think you're right. And as somebody who's moving in, um, you know, we got all these people moving in. We have a lot of different people from yes. all over the world coming here and stuff. Yes. What kind of uh, responsibility do you feel to make sure that we have the best schools? You know, I think... Uh, it's arguable that we can do better as far as excellence. You know, uh, the United States in general is not leading in education in the world stage. And that's concerning because we have the resources, we have the funding, we have a lot of great educators, and uh, there's no reason for that. So I think somebody needs to pay attention to that and maybe create some better uh, training for the teachers so we have better uh, well-trained educators going in and doing what it takes to bring out the best in every child, which every child that I've, I've been in contact with in my life ha- is special. They, they have so many gifts. 
but if they're in a certain area or stuck in a certain zip code or in a certain F graded school, um, they cannot shine and there's no reason for that. So I think that's important to do it on the local level. Um, and we need to support the families too. A lot of the problems that we have is a lot of children that do go to schools that are in underserved areas. Uh, there's a lot of issues at home. And we as a community need to make sure that we're helping these mothers. You know, if they're single mothers and they have issues, I think maybe it's not going to be necessarily just the Department of Education that's stepping in, but I think us as a community, we need to make sure that we cater to them so they can do a better job at home. Because if, if the home is destabilized, you cannot expect the mom to concentrate on the education of the child. And that's kind of a slippery slope. And... It, there's a lot to do there, too. Absolutely. Angela, you've got kids in the public school system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am and, a 12-year-old. All right. And so when uh, we bring guests like Shiri on here and stuff, which is, by the way, I think it's super exciting to have an opportunity to meet someone like I this. Do too. Thank you. Uh, the, um, I mean, what, is, what are your concerns? I mean, obviously, you have a house that's going up in value. If you were in a bad school district... <clears throat> Um, and, and when I say bad schools, there's not a bad school district. It's just a matter of the educators just kind of pushing the kids because I think every kid has the, uh, every community and child has the opportunity to succeed. Mm-hmm. But you get somebody that's sitting here right next to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, wh- what do you, you want to see from this? Gosh, you know, I'd like to see, and I don't know where this starts, but um, I have felt uh, a disconnect with, so my, my daughter's in sixth grade. She has multiple teachers now. It's not just like dealing with one teacher. Um, and there is some teachers that she connects really well with and some that she does not. And I, I have found that, you know, we're the house where all the kids come over and they hang out, all our friends. Like I said, I only have one. Um, so we're kind of the, the house where they all hang out. I get to know these kids. And it seems like, uh, their perception from the kids are, you know, they all seem to connect well with one teacher, but maybe not another. So I guess where, where I go is how do we, what happens when you can see as a parent or as a student that there are, that there's a disconnect between the educator and, you know, the student or, or even the parent? What, right. what can we do to change that? Well, I think communication is key, and it's been a little bit of a problem, especially in the past year. I think uh, parents have uh, been cut out of the conversation a little bit too much. And, you know, some of it is our fault because we got disengaged. And, you know, throughout the years, as women started to pursue careers, and we were not all the time with our children, we kind of dropped them off, and off we go to our meetings. Uh, something happened there, mm-hmm. and and it's nobody's, it's nobody's fault, but we do have to acknowledge that that got us to a point where sometimes it takes you weeks or months before you understand there is an issue for your child with a certain teacher because children, especially when they're young, they don't communicate that very well. And the teachers sometimes are oblivious to that fact or hide that fact or uh, don't think it's their fault. So at some point, as a parent, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And your child it doesn't thrive as they should. So I think open communication and us as a community, again, re-engaging it's, it's exhausting, and it's, it, our, our life is very busy, and I get that, but we have to do that if we want to excel together because it's a team effort, you know. Right. And, um, you know, we cannot fire a teacher every time some one child doesn't like her, but if there is a collective issue, if the parents talk about it, if the children talk about it, if everybody is on board and there's open communication with the principal and the other administrative um, 
uh, staff in, in the school, we might be able to get better result for everyone. I often wonder, so, you know, when, you're, when we grow up and we're in different jobs um, or just out there, everybody has a different personality, right? Yeah. And they click with different types of personalities. Um, so you kind of find your tribe and, and you go that direction. I almost wonder what that would look like in the schools if we had, you know, some kids connect better, like I said, with certain teachers. Um, it would be interesting to me to see if, you know, we do personality tests when it comes to when you're getting a new job. They right. want to know what kind of employee you're going to be. Right. Um, and if, you know, how well you fit the job or, or whatever. So I almost wonder, which I'm just, this is, you know, I, I don't even know how this would work, but right. I, I wonder kids with different personalities would probably mesh def differently with different teaching styles or sure. different um, teachers. So I, I often wonder, because, you know, my daughter will connect really good, like I said, with a certain type of teacher. And then right. the other ones, other kids might connect really well with. Um, but to her, you know, there's a disconnect. So right. I, I think I find that fascinating and wonder if there could be some kind of matchmaking there instead <laughs> of just... You know, right. well, you get this kid and you get this kid. You know, I don't know how they do it, but, you know, here well, you get We these. can start with the, the bigger picture, which is the school choice. So you as a mom can tell better if your child will thrive in more of an open um, school type of an environment or a more strict Catholic, religious. You can tell because you know your child. I have three children, and they have three different personalities. I have an 8-year-old, 6-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And I can see that they're so different and we do have to cater to their needs a little bit uh, a little bit different but uh, I think if we have more choice and more options we'll probably be able to cater to that it will be fascinating if we had the time and the resources to test children uh, and and learn their personalities early on because I do believe we can fix a lot of the issues and especially these days when they medicate children so quickly over behavioral issues that 30 years ago nobody would have ever even thought to um, uh, treat it as a huge problem. I think the sensitivity today is a little bit higher, and I don't think that's for the benefit of the children either because they are being um, treated as a problem way too early on. Children are children. They're free spirits. They don't know. They just want to be happy. And we as a society trying to put all that pressure on them, and I'm not sure that that's, uh, that's the best way and definitely... Um, uh, trying to treat them with medication and, and, and all of these things um, is probably not for their benefit. And in general, I think we've moved from critical thinking to social-emotional um, studying in the, the, the classroom. And that's also a problem because that makes a child feel all the time where they need to think and progress. And I think we should be very careful with um, that type of an environment because children, they feel anyways, they're very intuitive and they're very emotional. They need to go towards the thinking to develop that part of the brain that takes, you know, until you're 25 or 26 to develop. And we're just trying to cater to a different side of them. And mm -hmm. that's something we need to pay attention to as well. You know, one of the things growing up out here in Arizona, the, um, we're going to age ourselves here, but we used to drink out of a hose. And these days, oh, that doesn't happen. I did as well. Do you remember yes, those days? Or <clears throat> we'd been down at the ranch and, you know, playing with the horses. Then you go get a hamburger, didn't even wash your hands and eat <laughs> yes. it. And stuff and everything's so um, yeah. different these days. As a superintendent, 
Don't you think there's a kind of a, some sort of responsibility to get the kids off the internet and kind of back outside and live in like we used oh, yeah. to a little bit? Oh, absolutely no. And I'm from Israel, so I would come home, throw my backpack, leave the house until some mother would scream at one of us and we'll come back home mm-hmm. when it was dark to maybe eat and get in the shower and go to sleep. That was it. So I feel very sorry for our children. And it's the geography here too. I mean, you know, we live in much bigger houses and acre lots. I mean, to go to see your neighbor, it's not that easy. So, um, but definitely I, I feel sorry for our children because they're missing out on something fantastic that we had. And yeah, it's great when you can have an apple fall on the, on the ground and you just pick it up and eat it. Right. Versus, oh my gosh, you need to wash your hands, sanitize that makes no sense. That's not childhood. And we do need to do better with that. Absolutely. So now one of the things out here, since Arizona has 50 million different communities, and you might have a very affluent community right next door to a community that maybe is not as affluent as somebody who's going to come into Arizona, run for superintendent of public instruction, how do we maintain the community values? Because, I mean, let's face it, Arizona has one of the fastest growing communities all over. So, right. Well... You know, I believe that, you know, the American dream is live and well to all of us outside of this country. You know, uh, America is the beacon of light. It's the greatest nation on earth. Nobody can convince me otherwise. So seeing that and knowing that this is a melting pot. There are people from everywhere in every neighborhood that you go. Even now around Arizona, it used to be very different 20 years ago when I got here. It's, it's a lot more um, integrated by a lot of different people. And... Nothing stops anyone from succeeding in this country. So, again, I think if we go, instead of trying to keep people in their little zip codes, if we go into the zip codes that have problems, try to work that out with community efforts and and getting these people to get jobs and getting them off of welfare and supporting um, their their children outside of school. I don't know why there's not a YMCA in every neighborhood of every inner city in this country. I mean, I just don't understand it. Where is all the money that all these people and all these foundations are taking from people? That's what should happen. So this child is coming home at three and he's not going to an environment that's not healthy and he's able to go to YMCA, gain some other skills, learn new things, be in a thriving environment, positive environment. That kid has a lot better chance of succeeding in life regardless of him being in a certain area or coming from a certain country or being of a certain um, look or, or ethnicity. So, so I think that's what we should do. And I would love, and the reason I'm running for a superintendent is exactly that. I feel that we have a task on hand and that's to uh, m- give our children the best future we can give them. Because we, I had a great life. I want my children to have a great life as well. And all children, this is not about my three children, which I love to death. This is about all the children, and if we, can, if we do that and we put that effort from leadership all the way to the outskirts of the community, I think we can make a big difference. And it's not a dream. It's not a utopia. It's not, you know, it really could be done if people would actually take action. People just talk and do a lot of fundraisers and collect a lot of money, but they don't really do anything with that, and that needs to change. Well, that, that's great. And one of the great things is that um, the superintendents, and the boards have a direct value, uh, have a direct impact on the values, and so you're looking to make everything better. And for yes. those of you that are moving from out of the country, you know you're probably watching the show off iTunes or off the StarWorldWide Network.com. 
you can reach out to Sherry and ask her questions. We need signatures before yes. you can get on the ballot, correct? Yes. And you're doing really well with yes. signatures. Yes. So how can people reach out to you? Um, you can go on my website. It's uh, www.electsherrysapir, and that's spelled E-L-E-C-T-S-H-I-R-Y-S-A-P-I-R.com. Sorry, I wish I could give you an easier name, but <laughs> you're just going to have to stick. You'll probably remember it when it's on the ballot. Um, so electsherrysapir.com. Um, you can call me or email me. My email is uh, S-H-I-R-Y-S-12 at gmail.com. And it'll be on the site as well, so yes. you'll see it. And I would and, love to hear from you. No, absolutely. And for those of you that don't have kids, because we have a lot of people that don't have kids, or maybe, maybe they're grown, or maybe they just never had them and stuff, this is important stuff. And the reason it's on the lockbox, not to be political, but it has a direct impact on the value of our communities. Yes. And it, it does. And we have a fast-growing community here. House prices are ridiculous. So why not have like the best schools in the state, right? Amen. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners? No, I really appreciate you having me on today. No, it was awesome having you on. And Angela, Brandon Hendricks team. Yeah. VIP, if you guys are moving from out of state or if you're in state and you need to get pre-qualified or you're thinking about purchasing a house through the Grandin Group, call up and get pre-qualified. You guys go through the whole process. We do. We go through the whole process and make it um, painless. Well, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Well, guys, another episode of the uh, Grandin Group presents the lockbox wrapped up. Thanks for making us uh, number one Arizona brother, Arizona's number one brother and sister real estate team, the Grandin Group. Thanks for joining us on the lockbox. We'll see you next week.